That's it. I'm turning back. I know your family's waiting. I know it's an important day. All right, we'll give it a try. I'll set your coordinates. We won't jump far. I'll get you back there in time, pal. Trust me. Our only hope now is to outrun that Imperial garbage scow, though. I'm going to light speed. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating life day before you know it. Stand by. Here's where we say goodbye to our unpleasant friends. Hello, carnies, and welcome to a very special uh, Star Wars episode of Sideshow. Of the Star Wars Holiday Special. That's right. Uh, Star Wars, uh, the uh, the Last Jedi came out this week, and Joe and I decided to go back uh, 39 years, 38 years, and review, uh, in the spirit of Christmas and holidays, the... Uh, the acclaimed Star Wars uh, holiday special from 78. Right, right. November 78. Yeah, this is the infamous Star Wars holiday special in which George Lucas said if he had enough hammers and enough time, he would destroy every copy of which. Uh, that was followed up by uh, Carrie Fisher saying she would play it all the time at parties at her house at the end of parties when it was time for people to leave to help get people out the door. She also had a provision in her will that she would be buried in a giant Xanax pill. <laughs> so I think that's what it's worth. Um, so seriously, the, uh, the, the Last Jedi comes out this week, so now it is officially 10 uh, Star Wars, you know, feature f- feature length films, and I think out of the ten, this ranks twelve. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think this is canon. Uh, so, so uh, overall impressions, Joe. First of all, happy holidays, Merry ha- Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Life Day, Happy Life Day. So yeah, this this aired on November seventeenth, seventy eight. Uh, it preempted. The Hulk and Wonder Woman. They were pissed. They, they, you know, well, you, you know, you want to know my secret? I'm always angry, <laughs> and this is why. Right. Um, yeah, that's sort of the origin story of why Bruce Banner is always angry. But yeah, this aired. I think actually, did it air twice? Just one, the one. time only. Just you the know, one. Much like the Paul Lynn Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah. and Halloween specials. Uh huh. But um, yeah, this was this came out in an era of specials and this was essentially a cash and I, I don't think honestly you can check wikipedia george lucas had zero to do with this creatively he just handed over the licensing and merchandising or whatever he wanted it basically he bought a two-hour commercial for star wars toys right, right. and and um the copy that you have that we watched a couple weeks ago or a week ago I think that was the one of the one I saw on YouTube was embedded with all the original Star Wars commercials inside the program. Yes, and we actually watched a very special version because my DVD had the Rift Tracks commentary, which if you don't know what Rift Tracks is, it's uh, the three of the guys uh, formerly of Mystery Science Theater, uh, Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and um, Kevin Murphy. And uh, they did a pretty decent job of making it palatable to the Modern ears and eyes. I, I will say, with the riff tracks, the highlight of it was their riffing on the car commercials of the year. <laughs> <laughs> they come out broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. This was um, 
this was uh, sponsored by General Motors for a bulk of it, aside from, of course, Kenner. And um, I think, what was it, Sheer Undergarments? What was <laughs> that it? was one of the big sponsors. Yeah. Um, uh, this came out in the golden age of the, the 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 period that reigned supreme in variety shows, TV variety shows, and cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate and peanut butter of pop culture. And I think there was a lot. You know, uh, who's the writer that you sent me the link? One uh, of the, Bruce Valanche. Yeah, and, and and he essentially said the same thing. Um, and so you had all the Star Wars characters, or you had most of the Star Wars. You didn't have Darth Vader, uh, but you well, had, you did, but not live action. Right, right. You had James Earl Jones stock uh, footage, right? D- yeah, it was stock footage, and in, in, in that opening scene too with uh, with Han and Chewie, that's definitely stock. They didn't go back and shoot. I don't that, think. No, that was that, that was that no, was brand new. No, dialogue. no, no, the dialogue inside, oh, yeah. but the out the exterior all the ba- all the ba- anything that involved ILM was not in, made up for this really? special. Yeah. And it looks like, honestly, you had uh, Harrison Ford give a day to the shooting. I mean, it's like their appearance in the opening credits was almost as long as your appearance in the actual episode. I kind of wonder if their contracts were rushed through like Congress's tax bill. Like there was some secret provision in their contracts that said they must appear in a shitty television special. Right. In between the first movie and the second movie. But And and did you find out, okay, so... You know, give give the overall arcing premise. Oh, okay, good. So the premise is that Han and Chewie are away from Chewie's home planet, which is Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. So they're trying three wise. <laughs> Thank you. Right, because two would be stupid. So they're trying to get back in time for uh, Chewie to celebrate the Wookiee holiday known as Life Day, which is a non-denominational kind of not. It's not quite Christmas. It's not quite Kwanzaa. It's not quite Hanukkah. It's somewhere in between, and um, so they're trying to get back home so that he could celebrate Life Day. And um, before you're you get to the real action, you have to sit through the home life of the three Wookiee relatives that live in um, Chewie's house: his wife Mala, his uh, son uh, Sniffy, Lumpy, Lumpy, and his f- grandfather Itchy. Um, and yeah, they they all live in the same sort of like it almost looks like an Endor esque kind of kind of planet, but you know it's it's not Endor. It's the Sheik with three Y's. And you uh, and you're privileged to the first is it's I want to say first three hours, but it's probably <laughs> really the first ten minutes. Uh, once you cut away from the opening scene of Han, you know, outrunning the Imperial destroyers to get Chewie back there, and you cut to the home life, it's ten minutes with no no. Uh, discernible uh, uh, um, dialogue. Uh, dialogue. It's just the Wookiee grunting language that is... We'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll play it underneath us while we talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because it is just too hard to uh, to pass up. And it's, it is. It's... Uh, it, it, it's You can't understand a word. Uh, it's, it's very easy what they're saying. The mom's trying to get the son to take out the garbage. And they argue over that in Wookiee for a good three or four minutes. Little known fact, Mala was Shields from Shields and Yarnell. <laughs> no. <I'm just laughs> no, the thing is, 
No one's gonna know. I know. Like, like well, oh, the, yeah. uh, my second cousin's uncle's neighbor was the 14th stormtrooper on the left. So, oh wow, you must yeah, be proud. I really am. That's a claim to fame. But, but seriously, uh, Grandpa's sitting there whittling, and the son who's asked to take five steps over to pick up the trash and take five steps to bring it outside, and yet it's arguing honestly for a good six, seven minutes. Millennial Falcons, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and uh, and it is. It, it's it's uh, it's painful, very much so. I mean, they didn't even do us the honor or courtesy of giving us subtitles, right? Because right. that would have been too much work to write an actual script. Lumpy, come take out the trash. You got to imagine no. what what does a script look like. Like on paper. I wonder if there is a paper yeah. script somewhere. Uh, Lumpy grunts for three minutes. <laughs> Itchy looks confused and grunts back. Itchy jacks it for five minutes. <laughs> Which we do have a... We get to that, basically. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's sort of... I guess, I don't know, is that jumping ahead? Oh, wait, here we go. So there's Lumpy taking out the trash that he argued with his mother for for at least, what, 12 minutes? This whole time we've been talking, like Joe's playing it in the background and we're looking at it. Uh, so so what ends up happening? So again, it's a variety show. And so they have to force in songs and dance numbers. Um, Let's talk about the cast, maybe, the the the, the supporting cast. So you got to remember, this is shot like, you know, Late, you know, probably early 78, 78. And the people who are in this cast, aside from the Star Wars people who are huge at this point, are, are, are all household names. Yeah, they're all veterans of the stage and screen. And, you know, we're, we, ha- we have Beatrice Arthur. Yep. We have Arthur Carney. We have Harvey Corman. Um, I think that pretty much rounds it out. Am I uh, missing, well, Jefferson I Airship at the time was a huge Jefferson band. Starship. Starship. That I, I will take you outside and fight you <laughs> Please if do. you get that wrong again. Uh, and then also Diane Carroll, right? Um, and, you know who who was in a role that wisely Cher said no to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the list of people who said no to this. Do of you to say yes? Which which side character do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the Diane Carroll side ca- character? Well, well, okay. So what ends up happening is so so most of this takes place in one two rooms in the Wookiee's house. Um, yeah, they have a studio. Uh, what do you call it? Treehouse, right? And the only time you see Princess Leia and C three PO and R two D two and Luke, they make one um, Skype call, basically <laughs> each like that. That's their participation in it. Um, and what's great is they keep having to, you know, to come up with these reasons to make these phone calls and inject humans into the scene, just so they can translate. That's how they end up. That's the that's the the modus that they use. What's that, Mala? Han <laughs> fell down the well. <laughs> right. You want me to follow you? Uh, and so so they're at the house, and then uh, is it Harvey Corman who comes in first? And it's uh, no Harvey Corman plays multiple characters, but uh, Art Carney plays the one sort of traitor, right? Uh, that sort of is befriended by the uh, by by Chewie's family. And he comes over and makes a, gives a special delivery, you know, kind of a Life Day present delivery. You know, the, I guess the Life Day version of Santa Claus, maybe. Right, right. He, he comes bearing gifts. Yes, exactly. So he comes bearing gifts. 
Um, oh wait, we're looking at the Cirque du Soleil segment, which is oh okay, right. So so a- after um, going through the incredulous chore of taking the garbage three steps in one direction, Grandpa decides, you know what what is their equivalent of TV, which is um, as you know from Star Wars, the uh, the the holographic chess game that they play so it's like that but as joe will say it's kind of like an xbox 360 on acid like it can on 360 look at me being dated an xbox one on acid i mean it's it's essentially a it is literally a cirque du soleil performance that they're watching this is the first time cirque du soleil apparently made a television appearance and regrettably not the last um (laughs) and so you're right so it's a hologram that kind of is on that same chessboard E table, but then one of the characters kind of morphs off it. It is still in holograph form. And um, I think after watching this for about like, you know, uh, a minute and a half to two minutes, I will steal the Rift Track guy's line. I think having watched this, I am now legally gay. <laughs> <laughs> is this what goes on in Ryan Seacrest's mind all the time? I mean, it, and it's, you know, it's, it's a little interesting, you know, uh, pantomime meets uh, it's gymnastics. low grade gymnastics, like, um, uh, but yeah, so that that's his reward for taking out the trash. So this is how they introduce the dance number, the, you know, the first music song number. Um, and then uh, the trader comes in and he basically sets up Grandpa with his porn chair. Right. So Art Carney comes in with a special delivery for Itchy, the grandfather. And there's a, there's a I guess it's kind of like a VR seat. You sit down and there's like this helmet thing that comes down over your head. And with a visor in front, and you can watch holographic images and videos. And apparently, the one that they picked out for Itchy to watch in front of the entire family making dinner, by the way. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, Mala making dinner because, you know, you know, get in the, get in the kitchen and make us a sandwich, will you? <laughs> it's still 1978. Um, so, but he's watching this. It's supposed to be porn, but it's not porn. It's just supposed to be titillating. Right, right. So, hey, you know, it, it, it's pre-Cinemax porn, you know. And so she's wearing... Um, so it's just a song, basically. And, uh, again, kind of uh, Athenic, like, um, you know, uh, the picture-in-picture, picture, really rocket man kind of uh, technology. I think I queued it up here on Let's YouTube. Unless this is Jefferson Starship. So he has the uh, the virtual reality headset on, and he's watching these shimmering lights, and it looks like, you know, it's, uh, it's a uh, kaleidoscope. Circus, so, yeah, kaleidoscope, and the people, the Circus Olay people wearing tadpole kind of outfits swimming around. Dancing sperm, I call it. <laughs> and then it morphs into, uh, you know, the song. Yeah, this is uh, unbearable. I'm going to have to skip forward a little yeah, bit. Please. I am found in your eyes only. I exist for you. I am in your mind, and you create me. Oh, yes. I can feel my... Jacques, I have to leave the room. (laughs) Well, here's the best thing. Grandpa doesn't leave the room. He's sitting on this chair in the middle of the living room. There he is. But his hands are by his side, so he's classy. Yeah, I see how... Unless that's where you masturbate I when you're walking. Oh, yeah. Well, you have three penises. Right. Oh, God. Right. You got one penis for each wine. A literal sheet. tripod. <laughs> so uh, so that's the like the first song number. And then uh, after this, um, this is where, you know, this, so... This goes on for way too long, by the way. 
And by the way, the commercial breaks, one minute, right, 90 seconds. You know, it was a two-hour special, and it was at least an hour and 40 minutes of this. I think this aired on Daylight Savings Time when they rolled it back <laughs> so that it seemed like it was longer. Uh, all right, we'll turn her down, even though she's turning us on. There you go. Uh, yeah, so then it, you know, so then then the plot gets really serious. Well, there, I guess the 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 ticking clock or the 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 impending threat, if you will, is that the imp the empire and imperial forces are looking for Han. I didn't follow like I didn't follow it that. They were closely. looking for rebels. They don't necessarily know their names uh. or who they were. Uh Kashyyyk is under martial law. Um and they have like the viewing screen, you know, that, that you know pops on. You know, you're just standing there and all of a sudden it pops on and here's like the commander. Oh Fox News. Right. <laughs> the Fox News commander saying, you're under martial law, XYC, and then the panic is like, oh, how's Chewie gonna get back? But Let's go to a cooking show. Let, let's go to the comedy. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, let's jump to the cooking show. So while actually we're we're kind of skipping over we're skipping over a lot of parts only because we love you. Um, there are our interstitials. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there are our interstitials, like Jacques mentioned earlier, that you see uh, Mark Hamill and C three PO or Luke Skywalker and C three PO Skype in to uh, Lumpy. And then you also are treated to a video call from Princess Leia and C-3PO. Yep. Um, yeah, so you have the one call from Princess Leia and C-3PO and the one phone call, you know, from from Han, uh, from uh, from Luke and R2-D2, which in the credits, he's credited as R2-D2. Not Kenny Baker. Maybe it wasn't Kenny it Baker. It wasn't Kenny Baker. Right, of course. It was a, it, the entire controls was done by uh, remote, by uh, Lucas's assist, uh, Lucas's receptionist. Oh, wow. And the credits, like, reading up on it. Yes, yeah, sadly, I did a little research. No, thank you for doing that. Uh, so, skipping around, so... Again, so so Mala's in the kitchen, and then she ends up watching a cooking show. Yeah, with um, oh, what's his face? Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman, who you know is this alien creature, supposed to be uh, Julia Childish ish, uh, but five purplish, arms, six purplish, arms. blackish, four eight arm kind, and it's like the slapstick thing. It's like. Oh, you put this egg and you stir this egg going left to right. Then you push this in and with your other hand go right to left. And and here's the Wookiee mom doing it. And then all of a sudden, and then you add this in and a third arm pops out from the side. And, and how is she going to do that? Because she only has she two arms. She only has it. And then a fourth arm comes in. Right. And hilarity ensues. Yeah. Thank God for TiVo. Or not TiVo. DVRs. But, uh, dating myself again. <laughs> hey, at, least you're, at least you're dating. That's good. Good yeah. that you're getting out there. <laughs> I'm getting out there. Um, you're right. And, okay, so then the uh, the thug footed troopers come to the door. Yep, and uh, they, they they ransack the place. Essentially, they are looking for clues to some sort of uh, rebel interference or uh, I, what were they looking for specifically? Well, well, like the the it was it was hidden. The screen that they were calling Luke on, and the screen that they were calling like Princess Leia on, was inside a cabinet behind the knickknack oh, right. shelf. Yes. And when the stormtrooper went over there, the real dramatic he opens the shelf and there's just knickknacks. But he didn't know if you moved that knickknack to anyway. Right. But one of the other gifts that was delivered was it, it kind of looked like um, uh, a big game of Battleship. You know, that you sat down. Right. A briefcasing. And that's where the Jefferson airplane came in. Uh, what? Oh, was it that? Yeah, because uh, Art Carney brought that in and set it up, and he tried to distract the Imperial officer to by, to watch this, you know, fantastic new 
uh, innovation in, in music and sound and, and lights. And uh, and so like and, and honestly, the character who sits down, he's not the, the he's not the head guy who comes in in, in in the brown suit uniform, but a guy akin to Dark Helmet. Yeah, well, am <laughs> <laughs> I right? We're looking at it now. He, it looks like he has like a wiffle ball helmet, like it's but it, backwards, right? Yeah, because he's cool. Um, yeah, this is uh, he looks a little like Dave Thomas. Um, very plain, you know, non-assuming. You think like he, you think he might have not wanted to be an imperial officer, like he had aspirations for something bigger. But uh, no, he wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so he sits down and watches Jefferson Starship perform. Uh, Can you light the sky on fire? Um, and now the, the funny thing is, you know, um, what's interesting about this video and these videos? So in this day of of uh, of variety shows, lots of times you would have bands do, and they weren't called music videos at the time. This is at this is at the cusp of MTV. MTV comes out in seventy eight, seventy nine. MTV comes out in eighty one. That's oh okay, and so so that's all of these pre things end up making it onto MTV. But what's really funny? Yeah, uh, correction. This never made it onto MTV. <laughs> but I tell you what, this did make it onto. I guarantee you, if I go back and look. So I want to say it's 87, 88. I end up working with Universal, and they had the largest catalog of this crap. And they want to repurpose every either music video, TV appearance, live concert they have into different kinds of DVD type things. So all of this kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and what was amazing, what was amazing is each time we went to do a project to find out who owned this. Did, <laughs> no, literally, right. did, did the band own it? Did Lucasfilm own it? Did Universal own did it? Did CBS like, own it? Like, yeah. did CBS own it? I mean, I, it was so funny every time when we started doing DVD projects for stuff like this, the legal cost on some of it. What, so what the label ended up doing is like... Go ahead, and they would just do everything and put it out there and wait to see who sued them, and they would weigh the risk. Okay, we're only going to sell 20,000 units of this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we will do a deal after. What's really funny is, like, it was so new, it's completely off topic. We did one for Tom Petty. Tom Petty was one of the artists who was smart enough to do his own video. So he owned everything. The label went to release, and Tom Petty's like, oh, that's great. I own all this shit. And they're like, no, oh, you do. Dag <laughs> so, so, Petty. So stuff like this. So it was a variety show. So they had the dance number with... Um, Circus Olay. Yep, they had the uh, the single uh, porn experience with Diane Carroll. And then they have this. So so this is how they kind of... And then they have the comedy skit, you know. Um, so she was on TV, like you said, watching uh, their takeoff of the Alien Julia Child type thing. So that's how they got in the song and dance. Oh, now Joe got to the true goal. There, there is one diamond in the rough. There is one shining moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, comparatively. So. Shining-ish, right, right. It's, it's like you standing next to me and somebody saying, Joe's really smart. Well, Joe's smart because she's standing next to me. This is like finding a corn and a piece of shit. Right. Um, this is the, of course, we're talking about the cartoon in which Boba Fett makes his television appearance. Actually, no, his, his worldwide. His Star Wars appearance. Right, because he wasn't featured until um, until Empire. See, anybody who has seen uh, episode four, A New Hope, in let's say the past like 25 years, newsflash, Boba Fett wasn't fucking in it. Yeah. Uh, 
And I right, and it, it does take some reminding because the prequels fucked me up, man. I don't know what's up and down anymore. I need some reminding of what is out. Black is white. <laughs> uh, no, so so you know, and Lucas is revisionist history because Boba Fett, you know, who again only had a, a really really small part in even Empire Strikes Back, um, which is really kind of funny because he had a small part in, in Empire Strikes Back. This this. Um, whole thing. He has more dialogue in this little five-minute Boba Fett animated uh, clip than in the re- in the entire you know his his uh, dialogue in the entire trilogy. I think. Yeah, and what actually what the Rift Tracks guys pointed out is that Itchy is watching a cartoon of his own father while his father is missing. So it's like this weird sort of inception right, kind right. of thing. A um, dream within a dream. Yeah. Um, but it, it, did this? This uh, adventure did it have anything to do with the life? Day? I figure what what what, it, what was the plot of this cartoon? I, I, I don't remember. I think this was another gift that came as the Life Day kind of packages, and it's like here's your new Viewmaster viewer. Because back then this is big where you had the telescope looking, uh, binocular looking thing, the red things, and you would put the in Viewmaster, the Viewmaster, yeah. and it was. Those were being sold at the time, yep. but because this is in space and, and they're more technologically advanced, although because it happened a long, long, long time, time ago. ago. Well, does that mean that like future generations from our timeline are going to be catching up to our technology again? Right. Because of the apocalypse that is going to be brought upon by a... And what eh, time is it now? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's still, um, still is 2017, isn't it? So anyways... Yeah, so there's this cartoon, and it's a, it has C-3PO. It has all the voice acting from uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and uh, Harrison Ford and uh, Anthony Daniels and uh, Boba Fett, um, who I don't know who did the voice for Boba Fett. Um, who did the voice for? Who is the vo- the actor who did Boba Fett? We should give him a shout out, unless he you know wants to remain anonymous. But this is um, this is the diamond in the rough, as Jacques pointed out. And then, unfortunately, we're brought back to the harsh realities of Kajerk. What was it? Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk, thank you. Three wise. I know. <laughs> I'll never learn. Kashyyyk. So now, I guess, because, because his room was ransacked, Lumpy has to put together or fix a module, like a computer module, but there's like a video... Uh, it's kind of like the. It's kind of like watching a YouTube video to learn how to fix your w- washing machine. You have um, Harvey Corman as a robotic character instructing the user on how to operate their new computer module, which uh, which I don't know what it is. Don Franks is that it? Okay, all right, great. Don Franks is the Boba Fett voice. Good for him. Rest in peace. I assume he's dead. I don't know if he is. Uh. <laughs> Uh, February 28, 1932, died uh, just last year. Wow. Lucky him. <laughs> <laughs> so another Harvey Corman bit. He plays this sort of Max Headroom-ish robot that is showing the user how to pr- uh, fix their computer module, but it's slowing down and um, you know speeding up and, and, and basically it doing a bad version. Girl. Yeah, <laughs> and it's doing a bad version of the robot. Uh, it, it's completely. Uh, uh, there is no bad version of the robot. <laughs> Correction. Stand over uh, sustained. Um, <laughs> so now we'll skip through this, and now we get head into the uh, Mos Eisley Cantina, or is it a cant? It's a it's a cantina within Mos Eisley, not specifically the cantina. But it had the same band. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it was a Thursday instead of a Friday, so right, that's right. where they have their open mics at the. <laughs> 
And uh, and uh, of who's course, the bartender? Uh, be uh, credited. We know her. We love her as B. Arthur. Yep. But she is credited as Beatrice Arthur. Beatrice Arthur. Right. Probably for some union rule that she will, you know, right. slime her way out of. I mean, that. at the time, I mean, what what is mod? Well, they, like, and, well, and then there's mod, and then there's mod. But that was like that. That had to be a top five show at the time. Yeah, and Carol Burnett had to be a you know top five ish. I, I think know. if I remember correctly, you know, I actually coincidentally watched the Carol Burnett fiftieth anniversary special, and her show started in sixty seven, and I think ended in seventy seven or seventy eight. So I think they were rapping. Okay. About the same time. I mean, time. but these guys are yeah. on your TV every week. And then Art Carney was there. I guess he was sort of left over from the Jackie Gleason show because Jackie Gleason had his own CBS show from Miami Beach. Art Carney! <laughs> <laughs> nice. You have, you, you, have you seen any of the Jackie oh, Gleason? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, in another episode, when I worked for the Dolphins, they put you up at the Fountain Blue, which is where that show was filmed. Wow. And it's still like uh, uh, that, that Miami Dolphin cheerleader thing I did a couple of years ago. It was in the ballroom there. When you walk in, honestly, you fall into like 1956. Great. I mean, just the vibe in this grand old, you know, Hollywood-esque in Miami at the time was... As much Hollywood. It was Hollywood, Hollywood East, right? right yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, we're digressing because we have to. It's the Star Wars holiday <laughs> special. But but the point is, so Beatrice Arthur is huge at the time. She she's a list. Yeah, and apparently she insist. I don't know if she insisted. Yes, she insisted. Well, I will you be on the show? Yes, but I want to sing. So right. it was one of those things. Wow. So right. it's just sort of like, you know, will you work for free? Yes, and I'll pay you 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they and, and here's one of the other things. It's like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe Lucas claims to not have his hands all over this, but this is one of those, let's force a way to find uh, a way to stuff weird alien creatures into one room to show you how creative we are. And I guess uh, a D plot of this is a Har- another Harvey Corman character who's like the, the town drunk, the, the regular, who stumbles in and has a thing for the uh, incomparable Beatrice Arthur, you know, beating them away with a stick as usual. Right, right. You know, I mean, maybe that's the most far-fetched thing that somebody <laughs> would find her attractive and pledge his undying love. God will get you for that, Jock. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, of course, the hilarity ensues when she goes to pour him another drink. Right, because he has a cone-shaped head. Pre-cone? Oh, no. No, no, this is around the cone heads, because cone heads are 75. He pours his, he pours his drink into his cone-shaped hair. And, and that's how, uh, but he's he's mesmerized because he says, as he's leaving, I thought about the words you told me that, you know, it was great to see you come back soon. And I, I well, think- also, let's let's mention why this song came up. Okay. It's, she's um, got tipped off that Imperial forces are going to be raiding the place and that she has to close shop. And so she's telling like this whole band of, of villainy and scum and uh, and and the band. You'll never see a more band. wretched hive of scum and villainy. So yeah, and then of course the band that plays the Cantina song. So there, she's trying to shoo them all away to get them out so that she doesn't get you know her license taken away or get thrown in jail or anything like that. So she implores them to get out by singing a number. And let me play a little bit of that. We'll skip ahead here. All right. One more round before you leave, and this one's on me. Torque. See what the boys on the bandstand. 
Oh, but you skipped the number. Was it? Did I skip the number? Creatures. There's Greedo. We see Greedo in there. No, I didn't skip it. It's 300 minutes before we get to the number. But yes, the the uh, the appearance of Greedo. Yeah, well, it's the second appearance of Greedo. Who? Who? Han shot. Right. How is he here? Well, I guess... Then not only did Han shoot, Han shot first. one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Or nightmares. <laughs> Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. Her but dick I'm was long, friend. <laughs> I wouldn't fuck you with B. Arthur's dick. <laughs> Just one more. The great Jeff Ross line. Friend, yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend. Time can fly. I, I wish. <laughs> yeah, so or grind to a halt. <laughs> yeah. So she's um singing this long. God, it has to go on for like four minutes, five minutes. So, so yeah. Oh, it, by the way, listen. It's just a slower version of the Cantina song. One hit wonders. Seriously. You know, to, to throw him a shilling, have him learn another note. <laughs> <laughs> they were the Green Day of the time. But but yeah, I mean, it's oh, funny. I, I, I didn't think about that, that you just pointed out that Greedo's in this. Greedo was shot. By the way, let's all... That's like saying, like, there was a black guy, and the black guy was shot. And, oh, my God, there's another black guy. Okay. There, there can't be two. But let's say this is Ohio. You can say that. <laughs> okay. black guy got shot. Okay. <laughs> I can't edit any of this. <laughs> I can't edit any of this. So, no, but there's multiple people right, of the Greedo right, right. race. What race is Greedo? Who cares? Right, thank you. Yeah. Portuguese, I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you son of a there. bitch. Um, so that's Beatrice Arthur. So that, that was great. Um, we're at uh, the one hour and seventeen minute mark without commercials. Right. Yeah. Which by well, by the way, with commercials, well, the whole video on YouTube that I'm watching is one hour and thirty seven minutes, which meant there had to have been forty minutes of commercial. I mean, twenty no, minutes no, or twenty yeah, minutes yeah, of commercials. Yeah, which, which by today's standards, there's twenty minutes of commercials in a half hour show. Yeah. Right. So this is um, this is painful. So let's uh, let's move along, shall we? Moving right along. So we go on to. There's a stormtrooper, you know, and they're back. They're now they're back at the uh, at the uh, what is uh, Chewbacca's last name? No one knows. Exactly. Yeah, we're at Chewbacca's home, and uh, the stormtroopers are there. It's like a Mario brother, Mario Mario. Right. And now, oh, now we're at the point in the film. But, sorry, television special, but, not film. But we're getting to. I'm not going to say it was worth the two hours of watching this, but Joe is going to tell you one of my favorite things in the Star Wars universe that happens in this film. So this is where Han and Chewie finally come home. They uh, they encounter the Imperial forces that have raided their home. Yeah, they left one, well, they one, left storm one stormtrooper behind, right. who was a really jack you know, thug who was like, you know, basically intimidating the little kid and destroying his room. And right. Being, like he ripped the head off his doll. Di- right. Yeah. Uh, 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 his, uh, his Banta. Yes. Doll. Gosh, darn it. So he had this coming. So what Jacques is referring to is his favorite thing in the Star Wars universe. And I don't know if I can play this or cue it up. 
But um, but so so Chewie comes. So you know the little son Lumpy runs out of the house. The stormtrooper is behind him. Now their treehouse is. They they have a couple uh, a couple shots just so you make sure you know it's eight thousand feet above ground. And so the stormtrooper comes out and he's chasing the son just as. Um, Chewie comes home and Chewie sees this and he runs over and he, you know, stands in front of his son to put himself in between the stormtrooper and son. And that's when uh, Han sneaks up behind him. Stormtrooper is uh, getting near the, um, the banister. Han is sneaking up behind the stormtrooper. The stormtrooper is distracted. Judo chop. Knocks a gun out of his hand. And there it is, folks, the Wilhelm scream. Joe, what is a Wilhelm scream? Apparently it's a ah! It's the that stock yell that's I guess goes back to the thirties or fifties or something right. like that. But it's been used in virtually, I think, every Star Wars Every, movie. every Star Wars. They, they use it on Rebels. They use it on the Clone Wars. I mean, they use it in thousands of other movies and TV it, shows. It was. It was, uh, you know, you know I, I honestly, I think, you know, Joe and I are going to spend some time in the next couple of weeks putting a list together for sideshows of 2018. And I think the Wilhelm Scream should be its Wilhelm. own. Wilhelm Scream should be its own. It was, uh, it was done in like the early, the late 40s movie that was found by an audio editor in the 50s. A Foley artist, if you will. Right. And then it, you know, it became a kind of a cult classic in that community, kind right. of a little thing. And the audio editor of Star Wars, you know, used it. Yeah, and picked it up. And uh, yeah, now it's used in virtually everything. Virtually every action movie has the Wilhelm scream somewhere in there um, because we're all nerds. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> nerds rule. Um, so, so, so Han gets, Han gets Chewie home. Yep. Um, and then they, but they keep getting these. Um, uh, Art Carney's still there, and um, and they keep getting these. Uh, the TV keeps going on, and they keep being called the the trooper. You know, you oh, haven't right. reported in. You haven't reported in. Right. Uh, everything's fine. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Boring conversation. We're have <laughs> <laughs> okay. So long story short, too late. The uh, the imperial forces are thwarted. Uh, now uh, the humans or the humanoids exit stage left, stage right. Even oh, wish them, wish them a happy life. And it's so, you know, this day is for you. You have a great life day, right? Because this day's for you, right? This is your day, you know, right? Not our day. And then, um, and then, honestly, either either the writers ran out of ideas. Or paper to write the ideas. <laughs> I don't think they ran out of cocaine. No, they... no, no, plentiful. Um, so we'll have this big light and them hold these trinkets and then just kind of they put walk. on these robes. But no, they, they they combine their their orbs. They're like kind of like snow glowy glowing orbs. The four Wookies and then they uh, transform into the opening of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> And they're all wearing I red. See a little solo, so we see the 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 four Wookies now, like superimposed on a star background. Um, and then they think, go. Think think of really bad Christmas cards from Sears in 1978. Yeah, please. That's that's a background you're looking at. Yeah, and then they walk into this, like there's this sort of like single file 
solemn march of all of these Wookiees wearing these robes, carrying these orbs, walking in space into this glowing light at the end of the screen. And then I don't know what Caroline, happened. Caroline, go into the light. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this special is clear. <laughs> so now we're brought to the final scene, the crescendo, if you will, of the Star Wars holiday special. And we're treated to a ceremony unlike any other ceremony you have witnessed on Earth or Darshik. Kashik. Kashik. Damn it. Three wise. <laughs> I, I think oh, like the three like, wise men. Right. Uh, I think there's like seriously like. Three Y's, three Z's, starts off with a K. Right. I mean, even Russian hockey players look at that name and they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, no Life Day um, ceremony would be complete without a song from Princess Leia. I believe so. Yeah. A coked or something Princess Leia. How dare you, sir? I know. How dare you? Right. How dare I make aspersions as such? So here I go. I'm going to pull it up, and um, may she rest in peace. I I'm, I sincerely apologize to Carrie Fisher's family for playing this right now, <laughs> even though they'll never hear it. Just the thought. And it's a sort of like if I play this, I feel like I'm going to be you know hearing other, other family members crying off in the distance. <laughs> Uh, let's see what let's see what this sounds like. We celebrate a day of peace, a day of harmony, a day of joy we all can share together. Joy. Listen to that mandolin solo. <laughs> right, that's what was lacking in a lot of specials: mandolin solos. Well, look at close-up of Harrison Ford thinking, I'm going to bang her later. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then a close-up of Mark Hamill going, I just banged her. <laughs> and then R2-D2 and C-3PO saying, you want to bang? <laughs> Ooh, little pitchy dog. <laughs> this coming from a guy who can't do an Edith Bunker <laughs> impersonation well. I can't, but you can. As I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, what do you have against our listeners, Joe? <laughs> what, what did they ever do to you? <laughs> what didn't they do? Oh, They man. didn't subscribe or forward our podcast to their friends and family or strangers on Facebook. This is what you get. <laughs> of course, you need that extra. There's, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's no even canned applause <laughs> you know they they can't even make the canned applause applause no no this is literally they drop a can on the floor <laughs> and it rattles uh, uh and that's i think it that's it i yeah then it's just uh you know credits and then, oh they they look back it's like a montage of the good stuff of star wars you know a new hope a new hope yeah uh and, and, and it was in the opening credits it was credited as uh chapter four and a half no, that was a joke. Okay. That was on the Rift Tracks DVD. I, I, you don't confuse the people at home. <laughs> there was no such thing. Um, so, yeah, that was the Star Wars holiday so, special. Thank God for YouTube because I remember before YouTube, like, hearing about this. And Weird Al even made a video, White and Nerdy, in which his character, like, he has this brown paper bag that nobody else can see. Like, he looks like he's being all tough and thuggish. Like, he's going to pull out some, like, a 40 or something. And he pulls out a videotape of the Star Wars holiday special. Like, you needed that 
to in order to watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. And you know, good luck if you had the 18th generation of the dubbing or the 300th generation right, of the right. dubbing. Yeah. Uh, do you think it mattered? <laughs> it kind of doesn't, but it does uh, make it a little bit less uh, annoying to watch with a, a, a broadcast quality. I would say. But it was this. This was completely, you know, uh, Star Wars in a. Bad, rushed, nineteen late nineteen seventy variety show. Now again, only Joe and I at Carnival Personnel would take the time to review the Star Wars Holiday Special the same week that <laughs> the Last Jedi comes out. I haven't seen the Last Jedi, so this is just sort of pumping me up. It's just sort of like remembering, making remem- me remember that there are good things out there. Right, uh, that there it can be redemption, like Darth Vader. There can be redemption even out of the Star Wars holiday special. So, so, so uh, that's it. So, so let's recap. Uh, so, in the month of December, we did Elf. Did we do Elf? Did we talk? We talked about Elf. Uh, one of the things we talked uh, about. We didn't really talk about. Uh, uh, maybe we did. Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, we talked about Scrooged. All the all the animated specials. Yep. But uh, but I'm glad we rounded out the Christmas season with Star Wars. Only only I only wish that like uh, everybody else was like this was on a video so we could really because I don't think uh, I'm glad our words do it justice. Well, I think what you can do is you can play this alongside your YouTube video of the Star Wars holiday special, sort of a companion piece. So. Uh, Thank Unfortunately, you. we should have put in time markers so that we can have people jump around anyways. But uh, any last thoughts? This was a blast. Uh, happy Life Day to you, Jacques. Happy Life Day to you, Joe. And uh, Jacques. 